You are about to hear a passage of scripture that describes the first recorded snapshot of the early church. It is found in the end of Acts chapter 2. It's almost overlooked because of what precedes it. In the first part of Acts chapter 2 is the birth of the church. We call it Pentecost. That's because after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, some of his disciples were hiding together in Jerusalem because they were still quite confused and scared for the personal safety. If they were going to murder Jesus, what might they do to them? And so they're hiding in fear. And yet they're hiding in a place where a large party is breaking out because the festival season of Pentecost, which was a Jewish holiday. And so pilgrims from all around the then-known world had gathered in Jerusalem, and it was a time of feasting and, and, and uh, worship. And think about it as a national holiday like we would Thanksgiving or something of that nature. And there they were gathered together. And on one morning, uh, unbeknownst or unexpected by them... The Holy Spirit of God came upon them, and it was the most amazing thing. The Spirit of God moved them in a way that they began to act with power and passion, not fear. Folks described it looked like they were on fire. They felt like there's a powerful wind blowing through this place. It's shaking everything up. And they began to speak in tongues that weren't of their own native tongue. Languages they didn't know of themselves. But because the Spirit gave them the ability to do that, people from around the then-known world around were saying, hey, they're talking my language, which surprised not only the listener, but the proclaimer. But it gave them the opportunity to be able to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in all the languages of the world. That's the message here. And the people watching were so amazed by what was going on, as in fact was the church, that they began to say, these people are acting absolutely in a bizarre manner. In fact, they're probably drunk. And Peter stands up to say, wait a minute, we're not drunk. Unless you want to say we're drunk by the Spirit. Because what has happened to us is not of our own doing. It is God. Changing us, transforming us. Birth of the church. So compelling was the way they lived with each other that on that one day, 3,000 people joined the church. Because what they saw, they wanted to be a part of. Now that's what happens in the first part of Acts 2. So you can imagine that what happens next sort of gets overlooked. But I want you to hear very carefully what Peggy is about to read to you. Because it too is an extremely powerful passage of scripture that has implication for us today. So listen to this end of Acts 2. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
discover God in this passage, our identity and our calling. It is humbling and exciting to think what you've always intended this church to be, this church here, this church universal. So guide us and bless us in our thoughts and our reflections and our actions, not only today, but in the days to come, that what we represent is more than ourselves, larger than we can be as a, as a group here, and be so compelling in a world that others would look and say, I want to know who they know. Now be part of that work. We pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. From the very beginning, the church was not about a building. From the very beginning, the church was not about a polity, a structure. Yes, and I would even dare say, knowing where I'm standing and who I'm speaking to, from the very beginning, the church was not even about a potluck. The church was always about connection. Two critical connections. And in your sermon, I mean in your uh, a bulletin, you have a sermon notes page. I'm going to invite you to turn to that. You may want to use that and mark down some things I'm going to tell you in a few minutes. Because I think they're worth thinking about in the next few days. They had come out of this amazing experience where they had been a people hiding and in fear and now became a people empowered and in passion for Christ. They knew he lived, but more than that, they knew that he lived with them. He knew that they were going to make a difference in their life because it had already started to happen. And after the crowds had gone, they gathered together. And the description that Peggy just read to you is what happened on that first night after Pentecost and the second and the third and the fourth and the tenth and the twentieth, long into the future. They gathered together. They were a very odd and eclectic group of people. Some poor, some wealthy, some educated, some not. Some laborers, some upper, upper level. All kinds of folks. They came together because of one reason their connection to Jesus Christ. There was something about him that told them in him they could find the answers. In him, they would understand where abundant life could be found and how it was to be lived. But they also understood that it was in this connection, the relationships we share with each other, where we discover more about Christ. And so, they hungrily and with deep curiosity welcomed others into their midst without judgment and without a sense of, of someone being over another. They want, what, what do you know about Christ that I could learn? I'll share with you what I know. And together, we will both grow in faith. And I will also do that with you. What, what was your experience? What did you hear? How did you feel? And just because your experience is different than mine didn't invalidate either one. It enriched both. So they came together. And it said they came together breaking bread. Okay, they had potlucks. i got to give it up. <laughs> but the breaking bread here is not only talking about that, that intimacy that happens when we eat with each other, but clearly here referring to the Holy Communion. 
They share communion frequently. And in the conversations they had with each other, they listened to each other, which means that they heard at times when someone of their group, of their gathering, had a need. And whatever that need was, the collective group did whatever was necessary to meet the need. They shared things in common. And they gave with generous and glad hearts because this was such a powerful experience in their life. That's the church. And it's such a unique group of people acting in such a bizarre way compared to the rest of the world that for folks in the world who are lonely, for folks in the world who are broken, for folks in the world who really want to have more that actually matters, they were drawn to this community and they joined more and more day by day. That's the story of the church. So you see, from the very beginning... The church was called to be about vitally connecting people to people and people to God. When this congregation came up with that in 2002 and made it their mission statement, it was not a new thing. It was the reclaiming of a truth. Maybe one that we had forgotten a little bit about. Maybe one we wanted to own with a deeper sense of passion. And so that became our mission statement. And so the first thing we did was what? We put greeters at the door. Why? Because doesn't it make sense if you're going to walk in the house of God, somebody will at least say hi to you? (laughs) Shake your hand? Act like you showed up and that it matters? I mean, really? And so we have greeters at the door and stationed throughout the church because at least at some point we understand Acts 2. But we also have come to understand Acts 2 is a lot more than a handshake and a smile. It was about getting to have a relationship with each other in a way that was significant enough you and I could share faith at a deep level. And we would hear the joys of each other's lives and celebrate. And we would hear about the hurts of each other's lives and act in ways that showed real compassion and assistance. So that's what the church is called to be. And as people come to it, we're all at different levels, just like they were that night. In the first church, there were those who had been walking with Jesus his entire ministry. They had walked with him through his death and resurrection. They knew about Jesus intimately because they had seen it all and been with him. And there were others who had heard about Jesus but never met him. So there were different levels of their connection with Christ. But they were all wanting to get closer to him. And, as a result, over a period of time, the casual attenders became the committed attenders. Because there's something compelling about this relationship with Jesus. So even on that first night, there were those who were really into it, and those who were, wow, this is interesting. Bodily connecting people to people and people to God is not a casual statement. It is what we are called to live and die by. Nothing else matters. Whatever we do, if it's not helping somebody connect to Christ or be connected to others in the family of faith, then it's not worth doing. So we were thinking about this message, thinking about this series and trying to say, what can we do to help, help make this point come across? And it just so happens that this weekend, uh, our middle school youth are at a camp. 
And yesterday they were doing high ropes course. And so they were talking about that in the parking lot the other day. And so yesterday, some of our kids got to know what these are. These are called carabiners. These are fairly important if you happen to be 30 feet up off the forest floor. How many of you have ever worked with carabiners? So some of you haven't. They're very simple. You take one and you attach to something that's not going to let you fall. Got the illustration? Pretty basic. So when you're up 30 feet off the forest floor, you tie on to a static line that's going to protect you. So I'm connected, and here I'm intensely tied off to the baptismal font. Are you getting the illustration? I want to be tied to Christ. Oh no, I don't want to be casually tied to Christ. I'm connected to Christ. Now, parable is like any story. The danger is when you try to take more than one picture out of the story. I was working with this over the weekend, and I thought, some people are going to think I look like a leashed dog right now. (laughs) But nothing could be further from the truth, because if you're 30 feet up off the forest floor, or climbing the rock wall, or climbing the mountain, or whatever, it's this that allows you to keep moving forward. Because if I want to go to the next station, I unhook one, not both, I hook onto the next station, and once secured there, I unhook, and I stay connected and safe in the faith that I started with. Do you hear me, church? You got it? All right. All right, boys, come do your thing. There is no more important thing that will occur today There's no more important thing that will occur this week than what's happening in this very moment when you realize that you are connected and connecting to Jesus Christ and that you are connecting to others who remain in connection with you. Please take one of these, pass them down. The purpose of these is for you to have them in your pocket, in your purse, hang them where you want to hang them so you see them on a regular basis, put them in your car, Whatever it is that will remind you that every day and in every way, you are connected. So why does this matter? One more illustration. Can I just tell you for a second, we were working on this several months ago, and one of the things I had asked for was I wanted a zip line to come down from the balcony... And, and we actually looked at that, and they came back and said, Rick, there's just no way. <laughs> now, I want to show this to you. I want you to get this. This is why it's so important. See, I think sometimes we forget that being in the family of faith is sort of a personal decision. I'll get there when I can get there. I'll get there when I need to get there. 
I'll get there when I have a job to do there. But I want you to understand this. It's not about a casual relationship. Debbie, would you come here, please? (laughs) Yes, Debbie, you. (laughs) Come with me. You're good, right, as you are. This is Debbie Bishop, by the way. Everybody say, hi, Debbie. Debbie is one of the great leaders of the church. She's in charge of the trustees, and she's a wonderful woman of God. But here's why it matters that she and I are both here today. See, I came here to connect to Jesus Christ. So did she. But one of the things that defines our relationship is that my connection with Jesus Christ allows me in a very unique way to connect with Debbie. Now, we share in a relationship. Now, the truth is, in the perfect illustration, Debbie would be connected straight to Jesus too, because I know she is. But in our relationship, it matters the fact that we have this. So if I slip and fall, she's not going to let me fall very far. If she slips and falls, I got her back. Do you hear me, church? Now, Angie, come here. Angie, whom you know is our worship leader, but in this illustration is just that person that works with Debbie or lives next to her. Angie's the one that Debbie figures out how to relate to. And maybe she just begins a relationship with Debbie and discovers there's some really weird things about Debbie. Well, that's the other sermon. We'll get there. The way she loves people. The way she chooses to do some things and not others. The way she takes care of a church as if to say what matters is what happens in the church and not simply protecting the walls. And that gets her into a relationship with Debbie, who gets her ultimately into a relationship with Christ. Do you hear me, church? So, see, Debbie could say, I don't need to be here this Sunday, because it really doesn't matter. I'm good. My life isn't hurting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. But here's the reality. What if Debbie's not here to make the connection with Angie? who never gets to the place of knowing that this is about Christ. Do you hear me? Why this matters. You see, Acts 2, I love being hooked to you ladies, but I'm going to let you go. Thank you. (laughs) Acts 2 tells me that we all enter the church differently. Some of us enter into the church first by the relationships with people that we make. And sometimes we enter the church because of Christ, and then we meet the people. Neither one's better than the other. But at the end of the day, if we are not connecting with each other, at the end of the day, if you're not doing what your next steps are for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, then I want to encourage you to go back and read Acts 2. Wouldn't you love to be a part of that kind of a church that was so passionate and aware of the presence of Christ? that it affected not only their worship, but how they lived day to day. 
Don't you know how many people are hungering to have a friend? Period. And then to have a friend who will treat them with generosity and compassion. You know, it's no mystery that more and more were added daily to their number because the world was as lonely and confused then as it is today. So when we walk into this building, whether it's a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Saturday, or Sunday, it's all about being connected, not trapped, not conformed, strengthened, and know that we've got each other's back in the name of Christ. So how do I know this matters? In the last few weeks, these happened. You just have had an extraordinary number of people who are in the hospital. We've done a number of funerals. I did a number of weddings lately. And the reality is all of those were an opportunity to connect with people who wanted to know that God was loving them even in what they were going through and where they were. So when people from the church and staff showed up at the hospital, the nursing home, the funeral home, and even at the wedding, there was a proclamation saying, you're connected to us, don't forget that. It matters. You may remember a few weeks ago, if you were here on that Sunday, I preached a sermon on selfies. Do you remember that? You probably do if you were here because we went nuts. We were Methodists who were actively doing something in worship. It was a shaky moment. I had, I, I mean, I had Methodists standing up during the sermon. Praise Jesus. It was a holy moment. What we were doing is we were running around the building taking selfies of each other, right? And the point was is that God is calling us to be a people who are connected to each other in a way in which selfies connect you with others, but also to have a vision larger than just putting yourself in the picture but seeing how God sees it. So we took a lot of selfies, and on that Sunday I said, listen, when you leave, I need you to send pictures back to the church during the week when you see God at work. And send the selfie. Sandra Chapinski graduated from our high school this past spring. She's one of our seniors last year. Sandra was a leader in our youth ministry. And she left us to go to Grand Valley State University. The picture you see up there, she's the one in the Michigan State University shirt. Sandra's an amazing leader of the church and a child of God. And she left to go to college. And you know, I hear people say, oh, they're going to college, you know, they're going to just live wild and, you know, they get it out of their system. You know what Sandra Chapinski did? She believed you. She believed you when you said that being connected to Jesus Christ is the most important thing in her life. She believed you when she said it wasn't a solo religion, but it mattered who you're with. So she went to Grand Valley State University. And she sent me an email after the sermon because she was back in church that Sunday. And she heard the sermon. And I've got it memorized. I'm not even going to go to my notes. She says this, Pastor Rick, you asked us to take pictures of selfies this week of places where we see God at work. I'm now a freshman at Grand Valley State University, and in the first few weeks I sought out a group of young women who, like me, care about learning about Jesus. And so every week we get together, and we read some Bible verses, and we talk about what God is doing in our life. These women are blessing me. And I just wanted to take a selfie showing you where God's at work. Connection matters. 
wherever you are. Sandra's still connected to us, and she's connecting to a family of faith there. And you know, you know this, right? The women she's connecting with in that Bible study will be friends for hers long after graduation. Because it matters. There are some other selfies that were sent in that week. Some of them aren't quite as serious. But they were a lot of fun to take, weren't they? It was a lot of fun to know that you had somebody you could go up to and be silly with and worship. And it was fun to know that you could go to somebody during the week and snap their picture and they they knew why and it was okay. Because everybody ultimately wants to be involved in the picture. Everybody wants to be connected. And the church of Jesus Christ has always been called to be that place where people are connected to Christ and to each other. So folks, keep looking at the pictures, but hear me ask you this. Take your carabiner out. Put it in your hand. And think about the answer to these questions. How are you in your connection to Jesus Christ? And what do you need to do next to grow deeper in that connection? Who are the people you're connected with? Not only because of who they are, but because of who they know, Jesus Christ. Who you know would pray for you and give generously from their heart to meet any need you had because they love you like Jesus loves you. That's the church. That's who we're called to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, vitally connect to the one who has called you and to the brothers and sisters wherever you find them. And know that the church of Acts 2 lives today in you, in here, and in the holy relationships we share. Thanks be to God.